Greetings, everyone. This is V, aka for the English, and it's early. I um, <laughs> wanted to get this recorded and to thank everyone for listening, and thank you to all the listeners that are there and the new listeners. I could not have the opportunity or had anything in my head as far as idea goes if it was not for me sharing it with someone and ultimately getting the feedback. So thank you guys, thank you to the new listeners and I appreciate it so much. Thank you, thank you, thank you, thank you, thank you, thank you, thank you. You have no idea how much, and I say this all the time, I, I appreciate it and the faster it is that I respond. Now, and today is a particular cool day because I'll upload two and just to get a different frame of reference as to the story and how it's progressing. And you must understand that this is the second book that we are reading right now. And this is primarily a part of the first book, but I just made a preview of it in the first book. Now, basically you, when it comes to the first book, I have many, many different interpretations and one shots. And these one shots are basically, if you read comic books, you understand that there's certain times where writers write a story and it has no continuity to the story at all. And it's not a placekeeper or just a filler, but still something impactful. And this next story is one of those. And basically it's called the the Hall of the Kings with no names, all right? Now, I was writing back in 2017 and 2016 and 2018 when this was released. And I remember thinking how if this was Jack Bauer or the Crazy Show 24, and if people wanted to if they could put themselves in the shoes of my characters, what would it ultimately be? And what would it ultimately be like? And that's primarily it. It wasn't anything contrived or something that someone else didn't know. It was particularly something that a part of the human psyche I wanted to show a piece of, if it was nature and nurture. And I know by default, even being on the streets for some time, that the circumstances will always reveal themselves, or rather a person's feelings towards something will reveal themselves in their speech, in their actions, in their demeanor, how they, they come off to others. And those are telltale signs when it comes to understanding one uh, or post a person's motive and I wanted to make this one kind of a mystery thriller so very more so in the line of Alfred Hitchcock and to say something like this is an egregious statement in itself because he is a legend Rod Serling is a legend and all of these greats who have existed before I was even born literally are 
bar none, in a class of their own. So, understandably so, when I, I, I'm emulating something, I want to get into that vein. Or if I'm shooting towards a trajectory, if they were a destination, it would be like trying to shoot if I was playing golf. <laughs> and understandably so, how difficult that is having no practice at all and then just modeling and fashioning these characters to do so and that's pretty much how the inception of this story became something more than a one shot and so basically I continued the story into the third book and then it continues on into the fourth book as I'm writing now now if that all makes sense to you I'll, I'll repeat I started this story as something that didn't continue, but then it became more as I started fashioning the characters out and fleshing them out. And so then I continued the story from there. Right? Still following? Okay. So, basically, after I fashioned these characters, I found that their subtle nuances and their motives were things that I could play with. Exceptionally, if it was something like them forgetting their memories and them having a case of mass Alzheimer's and amnesia, then I, that was before I even gave them personality traits. And I wanted something that was not murder on a train type of-esque or psycho, nothing like that. That's classic Alfred Hitchcock suspense thriller but I wanted this and if you're understanding of suspense and understanding how characters build up and then understanding the intricate parts of how to describe a story the characters ambiguously unknowingly not knowing that they are in danger or not understanding the ramifications of their situation is where I stick them in. And so these are things, literally. These are esteemed, high-level, high-family men, or Manfreds, as I call them. And they exist in this world of Celestial, but it's not quite the same because they are on the other side, quite possibly, of the planet versus all of the other turmoil and all the other chaos and the things that were going on when I originally first started the story. Now, that's the interesting point. However, to the detriment of these gentlemen is that they are trying to figure out where they are in a giant, enormously egregious, large, large desert. Now, one could go and say like, oh, it's just a desert, That's they could find their way. Yes, but that would be on Earth, or some inkling as to some normal human facet. And Celestial is not that. And quite possibly the antithesis of everything that we once knew about certain things, Celestial is definitely that. And so these gentlemen, and if you could place yourself in their shoes, are first awakening 
and, and these are their waking moments of figuring it out the same that everyone else on celestial surface has and they awaken to themselves and the befuddlement of all these other different kings being in the same place and in the same predicament and I find this uh, comical but then it gets quite serious at the end and how I end it and I did that purposefully so as well to leave the suspense or lead up to the suspense in a way and so it says basically when you look at it it says the hall of the kings with no names they walked in the shadows grazing a walk in the second sun's full cycle turn and see I mentioned this before of how I, I determine time in my book the first one and second one and, and how differentiating it is from one to the next and so second sun's full cycles turn could be very well a year in our eyes of how this planet turns and just the sheer scope and size of it or it could be something that dwarfs our planet and just as 72 hours being as to one of our days I never give a clear reference as to but I'm pretty sure a scientist with some know-how as to how planets revolve and how their cycles go and evolutions and the cyclical nature of it they could tell from a time differentiation and, and this is all science talk but basically just to determine if and how long a day on the sun would be if someone was on a planet that size and, and how many hours that would be I'm actually gonna look that up and then get back to you on that but yes the cool man finds every number special gifts so they did not burn searching for longevity no one in the country to convert to govern and so basically the mystery persists I give no account no CDs no hieroglyphs nothing recounting of the past but that's initially where the story begins and that's initially how these beings sift through their, their knowledge and, and sift through their emotions and being a human being and it begins that way where they don't even have anybody in their country but themselves and they know it is their country as to because they're kings but then too wherever they are they must be in their own place type of mentality they're like they must be in someone's kingdom and it's not just one it's quite a few of them it's about nine of them nine kings and they awaken this way but they're all have forgotten their memories they've all forgotten certain things and the horrors that comes along with being a leader but then forgetting where you are and, and your circumstances and it says special gifts so they did not burn and, and that goes to their skin color their dress and their garb some of them are more decked out than others decked out meaning as in having more extravagant material silks and things and 
it was really just something from a story of Arabian Nights. And once again, this also is an egregious statement. Both of these things are egregious statements because Arabian Nights is a legend around the world. Alfred Hitchcock is someone who is a legend around the world, and I am just but a man. And so writing in this vein, I wanted to have it where they understood how a character developed, but then too, and then too, the mysterious magic behind not knowing something that is gravely important. And Arabian Nights, or the Thousand One Hundred Nights, is a great, great collection of stories of how beings in the forest progressed and developed something. And under magical circumstances, developed their own characters and developed their own styles of doing things, which is great. And for me, in a current era, I wanted to make it that much more complex. Since everyone knows everything about everything, I wanted to make it more mysterious so they didn't know even if they knew and even if they were reading. And then to have them still have their imagination fill in the blanks. And just for themselves, and it says here, they would listen to none else, hurriedly fostering, cataloging what was important. And so just like Onyx in his interpretation of how he awoke, he basically would go and fashion and do something to figure it out. And so tinker away and, and take a piece of part of his armor off and then place it back together again. And these were what these kings were doing. It wasn't particularly an argument. Arguments are great if you're trying to figure something out to the detriment of someone else. However, if it's not a point to it, then it would hold no credence and there would be no point as to just argue and debate. These were gentlemen who were esteemed and gentlemen who were very smart and very intelligent and had a, a grand sense of what needed to be done, but it's a difficult thing to even say when someone is still figuring out language or still figuring out social cues or social <laughs> understandings and then nonverbal communication and it was as if they were going through all the motions of life at once and then all the complex thoughts wouldn't have to lay to the wayside until all had been done and I like this because there is no time lapse I only say that Basically, the, the second sun's full cycle turn, and it could be a half day. I'm still not explaining what that term truly means, but I, I want that to be as an inference or a reference for someone to get as far as the, the time spent and rendered. And so then, basically it goes on and says, hurriedly fostering cataloging what was important. Why do you live? For what reason do you draw breath? Foreign breath. A fit man for it as the closest adjacent shifting between shadows and so basically their situation is that they're in the desert and the desert is something I know nothing about you could go on a graph 
and you could show how much V knows about other stuff and Desert would be up there with stuff that I know nothing about. And the thing that I wanted to make of note in this story was that even so, even with that fact, I still wanted to create a scenario of survival. And obviously, even if you were in a forest or something like this and maroon out in a mountain and you wouldn't know how to get down or where you were or even to the next point of food and vitals, like even if you didn't know those things, you would still go with your primal instinct, nature versus nurture at its finest. And I wanted to personify this and I wanted to get this to the forefront and understand what would people do if they were out in the or even trapped in a certain situation but then could still move around and then ultimately escape and and how would they go about do it would you be angry would you just find the circumstances not even knowing which destin which direction to go and where the destination was what what would happen what would truly even go about and would you succumb to melancholia? Would you go and, and help the next man? Would you figure out something? And, and I wanted to make, and I did in this fashion of leaving it as an open door and the Alfred Hitchcock sense of just suspense. And by saying that they define or then define to me, the reasoning, because they were having this conversation, and right? He basically says, I breathe for myself, said one with green eyes of steel. Then to find to me the reasoning why we all believe ourselves to be kings, surely must be something. Someone define me, define king. We are all kings, they said, more or less, in different tongues. One of them was lying. Okay, so, basically... What is happening here is that you have someone asking a question, right? And he's asking, he's like, yo, why do we live? For what reason is it that we draw breath and we've forgotten our memories? There has to be some sense of reasoning to my existence other than suffering in silence with people who don't even understand the language that I speak. And... All of the kings that were there, and they're in this almost like Pueblo fashion, clay, connecting Miranda, if you will, or Terrace, but it, it goes on forever and ever and ever. It's just a place where they could find the shade without the sun beating them down. It's an understanding of them... In, and it says shifting between shadows and the closest adjacent. And so all these kings are sitting there and listening to this one speak to them. And he, and he mentions, he's like, I breathe for myself, said one of them. And he had green eyes of steel. And then the original king speaks and he says, then to find to me the reasoning why we are believe ourselves to be kings, surely there must be something. Define me, define king. And so then... He's questioning everything in, in existence and, and going through the emotions in his head in real time. And so 
he sits there and he's like, well, okay, well, all you guys are having the conversation of what is, and you're defining all these philosophical points, almost to the point where they're like the man for it in the forest, and have these conversations for the first time, and to determine all these important points so that everybody is on the same page. But this one gentleman said, hold on, hold the record. Like, how are you a king and how is he a king? And then what does that even mean? Like, can you define that for me? And then everyone in the group unanimously says that they are all kings, they said more or less, but in different tongues. And, and this is where I leave it as the cliffhanger and I say that one of them was lying. And that is to say as to, it leads to if and why, and it could be very well something majorly, majorly important, but I never, ever, ever, ever reiterate as to how the beings in this story forgot their memories. It's one of the greatest mysteries ever, period for mass scale and for a story and a place that size and for people to have this ability, there is no account as to anything as to what happened to them. And, and I never will explain that, and purposefully so. I wanted the last part of the character explanation and this story to be an open book and for people to be like, wait, what? one of them is lying that doesn't even make sense like it then who are they and, and then it goes and then you could spend thousands 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 of minutes and, and hours of attempting to understand how the story progresses did the person who isn't a king add to them forgetting their memories did he force them to do it did he even forget his memories who's playing a role like there's so many ways that I can twist it and, and it's so bountiful. And I love speaking this way because I get to explain it to you and that this isn't a one shot. I actually like this story so much that I started crafting it into the third and fourth book and quite possibly more in the second. I love the possibilities of where it could go. I love the explanation, the visuals, Everything about these characters, and even me not mentioning their names, gave some credence as to how I wanted characters to be fleshed out. I wanted characters to be curious. I wanted them to be mysterious, but then too, have a sensibility of being a human being for a second, even without their memories. And that's why the one character is like, wait, hold on. You are telling me that we're this? How does that even make sense? Where are you getting this from? You know? So, hopefully this makes sense to you. And you must understand that you can make stories, great, great stories, as long as you have your imagination and the willpower to do it. And I stand testament to that. If I can do it, so can you. This is V, a.k.a. Vernon English, and this is The Origins, and I appreciate it so, 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 so much. Thank you. Thank you, thank you. This is The Origins of the Hall of the Kings with no names. Thank you so much. Peace.